I'm looking for similarities in the way troublemakers think. This is Steve St. Clair, co-founder of Trouble Group. Join us as we learn from others who are shaking things up. The word pivot keeps coming up with my podcast guests. You've heard of Carvana. They sell used cars online. A company called Roadster bought a car brokerage in 2014 and taught themselves how to sell cars, about 150 of them every month, doing quite well. Their sales were exclusively online using the Roadster concierge. In 2016, Roadster realized they could pivot and solve a huge need that dealerships have. There's too much friction built into the process of car sales. Roadster is no longer selling cars. They're making life easier for approximately 1,500 dealerships all over America with their software as a service. Amit Chandarana is Senior Vice President, Sales and Business Development for Roadster, a Silicon Valley SaaS company. Welcome, Amit. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. So you've had quite the interesting career path, I noticed as we were talking earlier. Sales, marketing, operations, you've pretty much touched the major areas a business needs people to touch. How did you get through all that? Some would probably say not very well, but uh, <laughs> clearly I'm on a podcast, so <laughs> so, may- so maybe well enough. Um, you know, I don't think I've taken the, the brain surgery approaches to much of this stuff. I think my personal philosophies on this stuff is is actually the more you simplify things, the, the better off we are. But the the I'll give you a little background. You know, I, I started off as a marketing person in college because I had no idea what I wanted to do, and that sounded like a really great place to be. And then worked at an agency, uh, a large advertising agency, but ended up falling back into automotive. I mean, I grew up in automotive. My father was in automotive. And so when I had the opportunity to go work for Toyota, uh, I jumped on that. And you know, that's really where I grew up. Right? I spent about 14 years with Toyota. And if you know anything about the automotive industry, working for that OEM or that manufacturer from a sales and distribution and operational standpoint, it really is I'd say it's the North Star. I think people look at that company as a deliberate, thoughtful, long view. And and for me to be able to get my training and education and a lot of my fundamentals from that company, I, I was super blessed. And that's one of the tenets of what they do is that they they really create generalists. And most of those generalities focus on sales, marketing, operations from perspectives at a car company level and perspectives at the at the retail automotive level or quote unquote dealerships. I love the story of the early years of Roadster. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I will take the responsibility from telling the story. I, w- I certainly wasn't uh, the creator of the story. I've been at Roadster about four years, but Andy Moss, our, our CEO, Rudy, our, our COO, you know, they're really the genesis of this. Andy, Andy doesn't necessarily come from a traditional automotive or automotive technology background. He, he does certainly come from a technology background and building companies. But, you know, I think when they were in a laboratory somewhere in a garage thinking about uh, what the next initiative was, Andy got his, his team back together. And, and we have founders on our, on our company that were engineers and designers, which is very rare in the automotive industry um, because it's very endemic, right? So Andy knew that this is an area of opportunity. And when they created the company, they really did create the company to, to probably combat the world of Carvana or be a Carvana-ish type of uh, organization. And so that's why when you kind of said in your opening, you know, we sold cars, right? We, we actually are a little bit different in the fact that the technology that we sold 
our company had to utilize it to feed their families for the lack of a better term. We were the, the first use case. We were the test rabbits. We were the laboratories. And that fundamentally evolved to where we decided really it was based off of feedback. Our, our dealers that we were selling cars for, right? We were essentially a brokerage and we were selling cars to customers out of the inventory of car dealers, but doing it in a completely digital format. There was no physical location. There was very little negotiation. There was high customer satisfaction. So think about the two-sided coin. The dealers were super happy we were selling vehicles for them. We were selling them at solid profits. We were also making money. Customers were pretty excited about it. And, and the NAP promoter scores were, were evident. I mean, we were in the high 90s, which is phenomenal. But these dealers started to kind of chirp at us and bite at the ankles and say, hey, you know, these customers are actually coming in with more knowledge than, than our salespeople have. It's more efficient. Is there any way that you could license that technology to me? So, you know, I think there's a great saying, everybody in Silicon Valley loves a great pivot. And that's when it really evolved that we started to do both. We said, well, we're going to continue to you know, butter our bread by selling some cars. But we're all going to start, we're going to start licensing this technology. I think it was September, or October of 2016. Uh, when we had about eight dealerships that that raised their hand and said that they would pay us to to use the technology that we were utilizing. That's a great story. It's a, and it's wonderful when companies you're dealing with understand just how different you are and probably help you sell a lot more than you would have otherwise. Yeah, I'll say this: it certainly gave us a tremendous amount of street credit. So, I mean, you've got a very different approach to things. Just in our earlier talks, I'll give you an instance. We we talked about the passion we all feel for our cars. And you mentioned that some might assume that a Corolla buyer only buys for practical reasons. It's considered a practical car. But you don't like to put people in such simplistic buckets, I noticed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the way we look at it as an Oregon, and I think part of this, you know, all of our own personalities kind of come out in this, but there's no doubt that I don't discount the fact that the person buying a, a Porsche has a certain expectation level of how they should be treated or how how important time is, time value of money, the sense of an efficiency, a fair process that is good to them versus somebody who's buying a, a Corolla or, or you know a Civic or any other product, right? I think the the tenants of our technology, you know, we sell the tenants of our technology on efficiency, engagement, and customer satisfaction. And, and really it's a two-sided satisfaction. It's satisfaction for the dealers utilizing this and satisfaction for the customers. And the component of that that is a misnomer, I believe, in our industry is that, oh, the luxury customer, uh, you know, really their time is worth worth more. So we've got to find processes and technologies to make it easier for them. I think you can make the argument that, you know, maybe not the luxury customer, maybe maybe the the lower income individual who who has really much less time to go through a buying process probably benefits from this more and is probably more valuable to that person, right? I'm not putting people in a box, but if, if you don't have the ability to go spend a lot of time on shopping um, and you've got to be at work and you're on an hourly schedule, you probably have less free time. You probably don't have an admin. You probably don't have the ability to pay for certain items like delivery or, or childcare or, or some of these other things. I, I think that customer is probably more important and, and the more you can satisfy that customer in a fair manner, that's efficient and that's upfront and that can utilize technology. That actually, to me, serves more of a greater good than just, you know, hey, the, the folks that are on the upper echelon of buying vehicles deserve the best technologies. I, I think it's just become democratized at this point, and, and this has just become the norm. That's really cool, and it, it touches on something else you and I talked about, which is that 
Roadster, I think you put it, is a very authentic company focusing on everyone in the ecosystem, you said. I've never heard anyone bring that up. It's it's an awesome way for a company to do business, I think. Yeah, I, I think we took an angle that we fundamentally believe in, which is the rising tide lifts all boats. We've always believed like, hey, we're, we're going to present what our technology does. We're going to present how it makes your dealership more efficient, uh, how it increases engagement and how it actually satisfies both sides of the coin. And if we just keep authentic with that, if we keep pure with that thought process, if a dealer buys this technology from us, great. If they don't, hopefully they learned about our best practices, some of our thought leadership, and, and they find another technology that works for them a little bit better. There's also another layer to that, that onion, I guess. It would be that you know, we, we believe in the health of our partners. We, we actually don't call them customers or dealers. We call them partners. And, and we believe that it's a two-way partnership. We, we want to help them get better. And we certainly want their feedback on how we can get better. Aside from that, we also believe you know, there's a lot of integrations that take place in selling a vehicle. We, we say it all the time. It's not complicated. It's certainly comprehensive. There's a lot of integrations. There's a lot of APIs. There's a lot of partnerships. There's a lot of algorithms. We, we certainly want the entire ecosystem to be healthy. The, the healthier we are, the healthier the dealers are, the healthier all of the integration partners are, the better off we're, we're all going to be. And at the end of the day, like I said, the more customers start to see a change in the way you buy a vehicle, a more easier approach, a more transparent approach, a more upfront approach, it's actually going to take away some of the speed bumps and the agita that there is in this whole process. And it's going to make it easier for the industry to move forward. And and by the way, easier doesn't mean less profitability. It actually increases profitability. It increases throughput and it actually lowers the cost, which I think all of us from a sales standpoint agree that that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So Roadster does not do a lot of brand outreach, correct? But but you told me you do spend a ton of time training dealerships for success with your solution. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we we certainly have not been the dialing for dollars or, or what, in our industry, we have some donut droppers. And, and that basically means, you know, we're just coming by to, to stop by and check in and drop off donuts and, and see if our relationship or if our uh, ability to build a, a relationship I guess superficially, you know, it's not about dinners and donuts and coffee. It's really about presenting technology and a platform that that improves the the, the efficiency for for you and the customer. We spread our our, our gospel. <laughs> we we talk about how the industry is evolving. We take a lot of data and we share that. Uh, and again, we believe that that thought leadership is going to rise that tide that we talked about, and the boats will lift with it. And then ultimately, that fits in line with our brand. We don't do a lot of heavy outbound. It's interesting. We've had some of the largest dealers in the in the nation. In fact, the largest dealership in the world uses our technology. And we understand that they're great partners, but there's other dealers looking at what they do. They're looking at them as a moniker. And, and we know that that organic outreach is going to take place as long as we always fulfill our promises to the partners that we have. So Amit, you make a distinction, I remember, between an overhyped word disruption, which many would call you, and the phrase realistic progression in the auto sales industry. Can you explain that? Yeah, I, I, you know, maybe it's just the fact that I'm not a traditional Silicon Valley individual. You know, we are a Silicon Valley company, there's no doubt, we're proud of that. But I, we don't use the word disruption because I think it's just, it's just such a buzzword and I think it's overly used. And then you got to have the context of our industry. We're, we're talking about the automotive industry, car sales. Not much has changed over the last 30, 40 years. So, so this was progression that was just ripe to happen. And it was realistic, right? It's, it's, it's systematic. It's thoughtful. 
dealers were starting to come around to this corner because customers are demanding this type of change. So, you know, ultimately, if you put it together, it was realistic progression because it, it was starting to happen. Our timing is probably better than anything else. Uh, and we're just prodding this thing forward. But to me, disruption, you know, is Uber, right? Coming in and saying, well, taxis suck. Let's give somebody the ability to, to click a button and know where the taxi is. And that kind of happened overnight. Really, I think what we've done is, is taken some of these things that were brewing, that the customer demand that was starting to change, the audience, right? Millennials are the largest car buying audience. And they, they fundamentally do not understand why it takes four and a half hours to buy a car and why you got to go back and forth to some super secret guy behind the glass. If we're not addressing the largest car buying audience, I think this industry is doomed. And we've started to, to address that head on you know, over the last couple of years. And rightly so. So why was, why was Roadster the right company to pull this off? What is it about the company itself that makes this work? We had to make it work. It's the only thing we do. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that forcing <laughs> function is always, always a good thing. I think a couple things happened here. We didn't have much distraction, right? This is a small company. I think when I joined, there was 20 people back in 2016. It's certainly not that size now. There's, there's probably about 120 people at the company four years later. There wasn't much of a distraction. We, we sold vehicles in a, in a high quality manner that kept working for the dealers that were our partners. Dealers started to come to us and told us we need that technology. So we essentially had an amazing wicked engineering team that that could pivot the technology from our usage to uh, software as a, as a service usage. We fundamentally, from the beginning, believed that it was some technology and a lot of change management. And I think our, our bet on that has paid off. We've always been a high touch point organization. We support our dealer partners with launch training, ongoing support, in-field training, thought leadership. I mean, obviously that in-field uh, visits have, have certainly curtailed over the last several months with COVID. Sure. But I think that philosophy and that underpinning of the fact that we're going to support you through and through, we're going to do this and we're just going to do this very well. And we started to expand with some product expansion, but we didn't have a lot of distraction. We, we were really laser focused on modernizing the automotive industry. So that's the company. What about you yourself? What is it about you that drew you to Roadster? Personally, I think um, life situations and changes come about, right? I, I worked for some large organizations, right? I worked at Toyota where I, where I think I got my fundamentals. I, I had a short stint with Fiat Chrysler in the Western United States, and, and I got to see another massive Fortune 100 company from a different perspective. And then I pivoted slightly toward, I guess, technology. I worked for Edmunds.com, which uh, most people know of as a, as a car buying site and a recommender. And once you kind of have that experience, you just meet really good people, right? So first and foremost, I re met really good people. Our, our CEO and our COO, who I originally met, seemed like smart individuals, seemed passionate. And, and I loved what they said about making sure that you're doing something in your career with people that you're going to enjoy working with and people that you're going to build stuff with and, and make an impact. So those things drew me. And then again, I think, you know, I got, I got a battery that runs slightly differently. I, I wanted to make an impact. I've been in an industry for 14, 15 years when, when I got the opportunity to come to Roadster. I, I think car companies are fantastic places. I think they do a great job, but they're oftentimes cruise ships in the lake. And, and I was going to go jump on a speedboat in a lake <laughs> and be able to make an impact quickly and help modernize this industry. So, you know, whatever happens in life, I, I think I've made a little bit of a dent and, and, you know, maybe I have a little bit of an ego or, or I've got a chip on my shoulder of wanting to get shit done. Um, and hopefully that this allows me to do so. So I, I, I tied my hitch to the right wagon, and, and I'm super proud of what we've accomplished as an organization. That chip on your shoulder, that desire to get things done, 
Let's talk about that for a second. So uh, there are certain phrases I've heard again and again in the, doing this podcast, and one of them is what one person and, or several people called stubborn, stubbornness, as not a bad thing, obviously, but the desire to get things done and to persevere through the difficulties. Does that describe you? I think it partly describes me. You know, I think a lot of us are baked from when we're young and what we see. Uh, my, my father was very entrepreneurial. He was a, uh, he's an immigrant. He came to this country in the seventies after being exiled from a country from East Africa. When he came here, he didn't come here with much, but it had a, you know, him and my mom both had, didn't have much of a, of an education. I think both of them didn't get past what we call middle school here. That didn't stop them, right? They came here. They worked tremendously hard to scrap through and make sure everything was done so that their children, my older brother and myself had a great opportunity. The most important thing was getting an education. I think I'm the first person in our family that graduated from undergrad. So, you know, when you see, when you see that growing up, you see how hard your parents work. I think that drives you to make sure that, you know, you, you got to double down on those efforts. I lost my father when I was about 16 years old or when I was 16 years old. That certainly leaves an impact on a, on a boy and a man. Wow. And, you know, you start helping pay a mortgage when you're 17 years old, you got a different perspective in life. <laughs> I, wow, that's intense. Yeah, my, my my wife would say say you know I, I look I think some of the things that make you great are the things that are, are the are, are the other side of the coin or, or the other side of the sword right I'm I'm a highly impatient person I like to get stuff done I like to clean up things I'm probably got a little bit of OCD you combine all of that with an industry that we're in I, I like to be able to simplify these things so I, I take those things that are baked in me I apply that to the great team that we have around us at Roadster. And, and again, it, it's the industry. It's not brain surgery. We're, we're, we're satisfying demand with vehicles and services through an industry that where there's a lot of great people. I mean, car dealers are hardworking entrepreneurs. There's a really a great subset of people that work there at these dealerships and car companies are trying to do the right thing. So I've picked an industry that, that is awesome. It's not, to be fair, it's not complicated. Uh, and I think you combine those things with some of the things that drive my battery. And I, and I think I've lucked out in, in a way. And I've, there's a lot more to do too, by the way. <laughs> That's great stuff for any entrepreneur listening. Well, Amit, thank you. It's always those latter questions that I like to get into and really dig down on, and you nailed it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Steve. I mean, this was a lot of fun. To learn more about Amit Chandarana and Roadster, go to roadster.com. That's R-O-A-D-S-T-E-R.com. From there, you can follow the links to see what they're up to on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Glassdoor. This has been a Trouble Group podcast. Learn more about us at troublegroup.com. If you're a troublemaker and want to be on the podcast, email steve at troublegroup.com.